Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk. This is Season 3, Episode 21, doing an instant reaction to the Hawkeyes' loss in Columbus, Ohio at the Horseshoe. We figured it was going to be a loss, so there's there's no surprise there. The Hawkeyes, obviously, you know, they were 30-point underdogs just about in this game, so you figured, you know, the Hawkeyes are going to lose by two or three touchdowns at least. But I don't think anybody expected it to go the way that it did. You know, instead of a game where the offense is just kind of trying to run the ball, trying to get first downs, maybe moving the chains here and there, but doing a lot of punting, and the defense just gets worn down after being on the field too many times and Ohio State going on long drives. It was kind of a twilight zone type of a game for the Hawkeyes. They just turned the ball over time and time again. That's just not something that Kirk Ferentz's teams normally do. I mean, six turnovers in this game. It's just seven if you count Torrey Taylor uh, when he got into to this vibe a little bit with a questionable fake punt attempt. He was stopped short of a first down by a much faster player, obviously, a, a defender. Ohio State on that that punt receiving team and he tried to run for a first down on on third and on fourth and sixth just a crazy play he did get four yards but didn't make it so if you look at it that way maybe it's it's six turnovers Spencer Petrus was finally put out of his misery in this game put on the bench in favor of Padilla and then he starts off his first play he fumbles the snap losing the ball to Ohio State, and then threw an interception on his first pass. It was just out of reach of Sam Laporta. He tipped it right into the, the defender. So rocky start for the backup quarterback, who Hawkeye fans have been waiting to see, but you know, maybe he could have been thrown into the mix in Iowa City or at Rutgers, gotten some snaps, gotten some passes off, before just being thrown in there for the second half with your team down in the horseshoe which is one of the toughest places to play with well over 100,000 fans in attendance. Well, I want to walk through some of the things that took place in this game. You know, try to get through it quickly. Nobody wants to, to live through it too much again, but there's just so many things that stood out in this game. The Hawkeyes took that opening kick, and on the opening play of the game, Spencer Petrus rolls left. And keep in mind that Iowa has tried this play many times this year where he rolls left, tries to throw across his body, and Petrus has shown time and time again that he can't make that play. How as a D1 quarterback you can't roll left and throw, even though you're a right-hander? I, I don't know, but he cannot make that play. And he threw an interception trying to get the ball to a double-covered Laporta. Wasn't even close to open, and the pass wasn't even close to Laporta. It, it was way short, went right to the defender, not how the Hawkeyes wanted to start this game, but the defense did a nice job and forced, you know, a field goal there. So it's three to nothing Buckeyes. And after a three and out and a punt, the Hawkeyes got onto the board. The really great stunt by defensive end Joe Evans. It looked like he was rushing to the right outside. He looped through the middle, took down C.J. Stroud with a big thump, and he fumbled it. Joe got up, uh, scooped it up, and scored. Fumble recovery. Six points for Joe Evans. He's been a great Hawkeye. Really happy to see him have that success. Just wish that, that he could have more team success here. But 
know, the Hawkeyes had a short-lived 7-3 lead as Ohio State marched down then. 10 plays, 75 yards for a TD. Really the only really in rhythm, really nice drive that Ohio State had in that first half, you know, considering the field position that the Hawkeyes gave them time and time again. But then things really start getting ugly. Petrus was sacked. He fumbled the ball. OSU got on it. But give the D credit. They held to a field goal there again. Take a look at that. So far, we have Ohio State with 13 points, but they've had the ball on Iowa's 29. They got a field goal. Iowa's 21 got a field goal. Just unbelievable starting field position. And then they had the one long drive. And on the Hawkeyes' next drive, instead of punting, it's when Torrey Taylor kind of is going to punt, then he's going to tuck it in, then he's going to punt, he's going to tuck it in. He tries to run for a first down on fourth and six. Ohio State players recognize that he's running with it. They're much faster. I mean, these defenders for Ohio State, you know, they're probably all running four, four forties. And he gets smothered shy of the first down marker. And now Ohio State takes over at the Iowa 34. Just unbelievable. I mean, you've got a couple of really bad turnovers. And now you have your punter trying to make a play. It doesn't work out. And you're just putting your defense in a bad situation time and time again. But the D does it again. They hold the Buckeyes to a field goal. It's 16-7. to And with that starting field position for Ohio State, just unbelievable. They took over at the 34 that time. Well, finally, the Hawkeyes got a little something going. Caleb Johnson with some nice runs, a nice gainer by Laporta. Tight end with a nice catch. And then the first catch of the year for Deontay Vines. He's a wide receiver who's finally back from an injury that he got just before the start of the season. He's just had one catch in this game, but good to see him out there. Another potential weapon for that offense. The Hawkeyes got a field goal, so here we have a close game. It's 16-10, to 10, and the Hawkeyes really need to, to clean up those, those turnovers, those errors, and they need to burn some clock and and, and give the defense a little bit of rest. But after another field goal for the Buckeyes, things just continue to fall apart for the Hawkeyes. Spencer Petrus throws a pick six. Just really brutal to watch this offense with Petrus at quarterback, and maybe there's no quarterback that could do anything in this offense. I don't know, but a change was so overdue here, and that was it for the half, 26-10. to 10. Iowa losing. Padilla came in for the second half. Just, I mean, you can't, you can't make this stuff up. He fumbled the snap on the first play, and Ohio State jumped on it. Um, you know, and that was after Jack Campbell had a, a nice interception on Ohio State's first play of the half. So Ohio State turns it over. Jack Campbell makes the one-hander, and then the Hawkeyes have great field position, turn it right back over, give the ball. To Ohio State, but the defense held. And then Padilla's first pass of the game is an interception. He threw it just outside of the outstretched arm of Laporta, bounced into a Buckeyes chest. Again, would have been nice to get him a little bit of game action, some of those home games this year, maybe rotate him in here and there since Petrus was struggling so mightily all year. Instead of just throwing him in at the horseshoe, but hey, uh, the Buckeyes got a TD on that drive. They, they took over at the Iowa 15-yard line. Again, we're just gifting 
Ohio State points over and over and over again, not trying to really run the ball. I mean, we seem to have success running the ball, but for whatever reason, we want to try to pass in this game, and and now we're just we're just falling apart. I mean, how how long? How many times can the defense hold hold up to this? They're really, that was ball game there. You know, the Hawkeyes did have a bit of a drive after that. They went for it on fourth down. They couldn't get a first down. Another touchdown for the Buckeyes. Uh, Buckeyes start really just turning it on here. Seventy nine yard touchdown pass from. Stroud to Julian Fleming, it's 47-10, to 10. game over, you know, unfortunately for Spencer Petras, but, but it just seems to be the best for everyone. His era seems to be over here. His last dozen or so games as a Hawkeye quarterback is, is as brutal as I can remember as a Hawkeye fan. I mean, it, for one quarterback, as far as, as, as you look at their stats and what they've done, everybody says he's a great guy and a great leader. That is awesome. And I think he seems like a really great guy. He seems like a great leader. But he can be a great guy and a great leader on the bench. There's a lot of guys on that team that are really great guys and great leaders. They aren't necessarily the best player at their position. So they're they're cheering on guys. They're helping the coach guys up. They're getting guys pumped up from the bench. And he and Padilla are really good friends. So I don't see this being any kind of an issue there. And I don't know. Is Padilla going to be the guy? We have no idea. We, we have a small sample uh, of what he has, you know, in his arsenal. But let him try. Give him a chance to, to turn this thing around for the Hawkeyes or bring in Joey Labus if, if it's not working with Padilla. And let's just see if somebody can step in there and command this offense. Or maybe it's just so broken it's not going to run. I don't know. Ooh, I want to see anybody out there that can give them a chance. And it was fun to see Padilla do some of the things. I mean, they weren't real positive, just getting rid of the ball when he was being rushed rather than just, just tucking it in uh, and going down or fumbling like Petrus has done in the past. He also scrambled and got out of the pocket a couple of times when Spencer, you know, he just doesn't have that ability. He can't scramble, so he usually just gets sacked for a loss. He didn't really make plays on those scrambles. He got to the edge, uh, threw the ball away. At least it wasn't negative yards, but those were some big plays where you needed a third down, uh, completion, and unable to convert. But just interesting to see you know, him be able to get out of the pocket and have a chance to extend the play rather than just tuck it in and fall down. So it's, it's going to be it's going to be a roller coaster ride the end of this season it really is you know Padilla missed a guy late in the game it was a fourth and one he needs to make that throw but again he hasn't played all season in in a game and we've seen Petrus miss open guys every game so just glad to see the Hawkeyes trying something different you know both great guys just they need something different they need to try something different here and I just don't think they can ever go back to Spencer at this point. He just hasn't been able to have any success recently over, like I said, the last dozen-plus games as a Hawkeye quarterback. Well, what does this all mean? The Hawkeyes dropped to 3-4, and four, a losing record after so much promise You know, coming into this season. 1-3 and three in the Big Ten Conference. It's just really frustrating. The offense is so bad. Almost any time something good happens, you hold your breath just hoping there isn't a flag. Or you look at Gavin Williams had the nice run 
for about 18 yards, first down, and then he fumbles. He's carrying the ball in the wrong arm. It's not his outside arm. He has it in his right arm. He needs it in his left arm as he's going to the left out of bounds there. Anyway, luckily the ball went out of bounds, but just these Hawkeyes were so turnover prone today, and I don't, I don't understand how it, is, how it has gone this way. Merriweather got the pick in the end zone in the fourth quarter. There were offsetting fouls on the offense, and, you know, and then defensively a hands-to-the-face type of a personal foul, so they got to replay the down and got a touchdown. It's just so hard to watch. Too many mistakes, and I'm really hoping it's five more games for Brian Ferentz, an offensive coordinator, then they can hire someone outside of the program or someone who's just going to be able to come in and install a totally different offense. It'd be awesome if that would happen prior to the bowl game, if they even make a bowl game. They've got a lot of work to do to get three more wins, but I don't see that happening. You know, I, I think Brian's probably going to be coaching, if, even if they make it to a bowl game through the bowl before he has to go look and find something else to do or maybe take some time off. Uh, definitely a change is needed at this point. So it's 54-10 to 10 Ohio State, and I, I, don't, I, I just don't think that Ohio State was that much better than Iowa. I mean, they're, they're better than Iowa, there's no doubt, but we just gave him, Hawkeyes gave him the short field so many times, and the defense couldn't keep up. A paltry eight first downs for the Hawkeyes to 16 for Ohio State. Hawkeyes were an embarrassing one of 13 on third down efficiency. Not great for Ohio State, three of 13. Uh, Iowa, total yards, 158. And keep in mind, the Hawkeyes are averaging around 220 yards per game on the season. They have the worst total offense in the nation as far as ranking. And uh, that's going to, that total offense per game is going to drop even further after this game. 81 passing yards for the Hawkeyes, 294 for Ohio State. Iowa rushed for 77 yards, Ohio State 66. Six turnovers for the Hawkeyes. Ohio State had two turnovers, but, you know, Iowa really was seven turnovers when you count the fake punt by Torrey Taylor that, that didn't work. Gave. Ohio State, great field position again. Petrus, 6 of 14, 49 yards, two interceptions and a fumble. Padilla, 5 of 10, 32 yards, had one interception. Laporta was the leading receiver with six catches, 55 yards. There were four wide receivers with one catch each. And that ranged from two yards to seven yards. And, you know, I don't know if it's, been a season where Petrus just doesn't get the ball to his wide receivers. He seems to stare at Laporta most plays and, and doesn't look off of him. Or it's a scheme that doesn't get wide receivers open. But whatever it is, it has to change. You know, you, you have your best athletes on the outside, and they need to get the ball. They need to have some explosive plays every game, and that's been missing all season. And granted, they've been missing guys Keegan Johnson hasn't played. Arlen Bruce has been dinged up. He's played every game, but he's been playing dinged up. Uh, Reganey was out for a while. Deontay Vines just played his first game. Um, Brody Brecht missed a lot of time, but they need to somehow get the ball to those guys. LaShawn Williams and Caleb Johnson had some really nice runs today. Caleb Johnson fumbled late. He was stripped as he was running for a first down, recovered by Ohio State. Gavin Williams only had a couple carries, but I mentioned, you know, his nice 18-yarder before that fumble. 
that thankfully went out of bounds. The Hawkeyes just did not seem to have a great game plan coming in. I, you know, I don't think, as I mentioned, I, I, I just don't think that Ohio State is 44 points better than Iowa, 54 to 10. But the Hawkeyes just kept turning the ball over. I mean, I, I did not expect Iowa to win this game. Let's not, yeah, let's, let's make sure that, make that very clear. Iowa was not going to win this game, but I think it could have been 35 to 10 or 28 to 10, 31 to 10, 38, I don't know, 42 to 10. It, 54 to 10 was just awful because the Hawkeyes kept turning the ball over, giving Ohio State a really short field, and the Hawkeyes' defense did a great job limiting Ohio State to field goals initially, and then they just kind of broke at some point as the mistakes by the offense continued over and over. It seemed like the Hawkeyes could run the ball a bit today, but they really tried to pass with Petrus, and that ended up being just a disaster with turnovers. And then they brought the backup in against Ohio State at the Horseshoe in Columbus. Not an ideal situation. He hadn't even taken a snap in a game this year, if my memory serves. I'm pretty sure he hasn't, but... You know, I'm glad that Padilla got some work today. He needs to be ready to face Northwestern next week. Northwest, Northwestern faces Maryland today. I haven't seen that score, but they're sitting at 1-5 and five on the season. And they are going to come into Kinnick Stadium thinking that they're going to beat the Hawkeyes because of this offense. They're going to come in confident, and they're going to come in playing as hard as they can and wanting to get a win. Pat Fitzgerald always has the Hawkeyes circled, and Kirk Ferentz, isn't even 500 against Northwestern as a head coach at Iowa. I'm heading up for the game. You can't keep me out of Kinnick Stadium, and the Hawkeyes are going to bounce back. I'm going to go there. I'm going to cheer on my Hawkeyes. There will be no booing. It's just going to be cheering and hoping that they start turning the corner on offense and hoping that they can get a W, get back on the winning track. They still have a lot to play for the rest of this season. You know, they've got a bull berth they're looking for. They've got border rivals they're playing. They're playing for pride. And this offense just needs to find an identity and get better. Nothing is going to be easy in these last games. I mean, there, there's no guaranteed wins on this schedule. There's, there's no guaranteed losses either. I mean, they could win any game. They could lose any game. And... The toughest team they were going to play are in the rearview mirror now. You know they, Those games are in the past, Michigan and Ohio State. And the Hawkeyes do have a chance in every game that's left. But the offense needs to be able to move the ball. They need to be able to put up some points to complement the defense. So it is kind of back to the drawing board. With Padilla at quarterback now, I don't think there's any going back to Petrus at this point. Not that Padilla did anything great out there, but like I said, that's been the first time he has seen the field, and it was good to see him get out of the pocket and be able to scramble a little bit with some more game action. Maybe we're going to see some big plays out of him. So let's go, Hawkeyes. Let's get back to 500 with a win over the Wildcats next week. Go Hawks!